0: Of God together. <clears throat> now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to the mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one... The manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Look at 14 through 19. Now the body is not made up of one part but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And, because, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged all the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If anyone were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body word of the Lord you may be seated
1: last week we began a new series unwrapping our spiritual gifts and it's been interesting some of your feedback and questions about that things that you've wondered for some time and hopefully in the next few weeks we can kind of clarify some of that in a helpful way for you as you grow in your Lord and serve your Lord. But last week we looked at uh, who's the gift from, these gifts of the spirit. Who are they from? And we talked about it being from the Holy spirit. The spiritual gifts are from Holy much better.) <clears throat> Gee, I gave you the answer last week, and we rehearsed it and rehearsed it. Way to go, James. We learned that God's Holy Spirit indwells all believers and gifts us to kingdom ministry, to ministry for our God, that he's chosen to use us as his vessels, his dispensers of good news to all people. Several years ago, at a former church, I was doing kind of the Christmas thing and writing out Christmas cards to family and friends and co-workers and whatnot, and I was kind of assembling them, putting them together, and I all of a sudden come across this card, and that card, much to my surprise and uh, and horror, actually, it said, uh, when I looked at this card, to my faithful assistant. And as I stopped and contemplated that, because I had thought that that was going to my administrative assistant, but it was addressed to my wife, I realized I had put on my administrative assistant's desk one that said, I searched all my life for a woman like you. <laughs> it does matter who we send what cards to, and I managed to get out of that one, but but It matters. Who is the gift to? That's one of the first things under the Christmas tree we look at. We're either asking one or two questions, last week's question of who's it from, or we've usually asked the first question, who's it to? Because we're only interested in our gifts, our packages, what we got. And we need to be people who are recognizing that these gifts were given to each one of us. And the topic of spiritual gifts is very, very important for us to understand, to grasp, to get a hold of. In fact, this topic is so important that nothing could be more important to the working together to be the community-strengthening community that is our vision as a church to accomplish the mission and the purpose of Christ. It's very interesting to me as you read through this book of 1 Corinthians you realize that it's kind of a correspondence course, if you will, from the Apostle Paul to answer the questions and to address the various issues that the Corinthians have been wrestling with and uh, uh, teaching them about it. And one of the things we discover as we go through this uh, book is that we can't accomplish the mission of Christ without the Holy Spirit who resides in us, who activates and empowers each and every believer to live out God's purpose. But it does lead us to this second question, who are these gifts to? Who are these gifts to, exactly? Let's pray and invite God into our conversation. Dear Lord, as we yield our lives to your Lordship, make us who, want, who you want us to be as we hear your words to us this morning. We pray in your strong name, amen. In chapters 12 through 14, we deal with the questions regarding the spiritual gifts and their use. Some of Paul's writings are tough stuff, but this text is fairly understandable because he kind of gives us a children's sermon within the text to help us picture and understand the concepts that he is going to share about. And so we're going to explore this together. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to use them. If you don't have a Bible and need one, we'd love to get one to you. You can stop by the welcome table after the service and we'd love to gift you with a Bible. Um, And if you're using the Bibles in the racks in front of you, don't follow my instructions about underlining, circling, and so on. Some of Paul's writings, pretty tough. But here, in 12... 13 and 14 of 1 Corinthians. He tackles a subject that was very difficult for the church, but he puts it around a picture that helps us to get the idea of what is being talked about. In chapter 12 verse 4, it says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit. And I want you to underline the word gifts in your Bible. In the Greek, this word is charismaton, and charismaton Basically, the first part, if you break it down, "caris" stands for grace. Grace, God's grace. God's unmerited favor. I often tell you that mercy is not getting what we do deserve, and grace is getting what we don't deserve, that we haven't earned, haven't paid for. It's a gift that God gives. It is God's kindness that he pours out and lavishes on us Just as he wants us to do with one another. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it. It's just God's goodness given to us. For example, the story in Luke 15 of the prodigal son, you may remember, was a son who had gotten his inheritance from his dad, gone off to a far country, and began to live the great life. But he ran out of money. And tough tough times had come. And he ends up being in a pigsty, feeding the pigs. All sorts of ironies, but that's another sermon. But what I want to focus on is, in verse 17 of Luke 15, it says, And he came to his senses. It was the point of conversion, the point at which he recognized that he could not do without the Father and the support of family and friends and neighbors. He couldn't do it on his own. And he realizes that he needed to make a change. And so he does that. And we have the story continuing then of this prodigal son. And what grabs me most about the story, other than verse 17, he came to his senses, is the reaction of the father. It appears that the father must have spent quite a bit of his spare time sitting in the front porch watching people go by on the path out in front of their house. And one day, one day he hoped his son would return. And that day came. And what did the father do? It says he ran out to greet him. How did he know who this was? The path some way off? Probably the wind blowing the stench of this man who had been feeding the pigs. All disheveled and so on. Not anything like the son that had gone away to have this great life. And the Father runs and hugs him and gives him charis, grace. And it's a picture of what God wants to do with each one of us. Grace gifts, or gifts of God's grace, is what spiritual gifts are. But also in verse 4 there, what kind of gifts were given? Do you see it? There are what kind of gifts? Different, yeah, different gifts. In other words, there are a number of different gifts or any mixture or combination of those gifts that God has available to gift us with. And so we have these different, these various gifts, but we share the same... We share the same... And in verses 5 and 6... Our text says, There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works, all of them, in all people. Interesting. Paul's making a point here. To include the other persons of the Trinity in this activity of gifting, of giving cares, of giving God gifts to us. The whole Trinity is there because we just saw in verse 4 that it's the Spirit In verse 5, we see that it's the Lord Jesus. And in verse 6, we see that it's God the Father. And so we get these gifts. Did the prodigal son in the story, did he deserve the kind of charis that he got from his father? No way. Did he get far more than he deserved? Oh, yeah. The older brother points that out a little later in the story. Did he get far more than he expected or could possibly have dreamed of? Yes, he thought he was coming back as a servant. He had his speech all prepped and everything that he would just be willing to be a servant to his father and to the estate. Charis, grace, maton, charismaton are gifts. So they're grace gifts, different kinds of gifts. And we remember who the great giver is of these gifts. It's God through his Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit for each and every one of us. No favoritism, no difference. It's the same Holy Spirit that bonds us together as a body, as a body of Christ. So, this week's question. Who are the gifts to? Who are these gifts to? And in verse 7, it says, Now to each one, who's each one? This is, right, it's us. It's anybody who believes in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, has received Christ into their life. We get the manifestation of God. He has chosen for us to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. And so each of us become the temple of God's Spirit, the residence place of God's Spirit. And so, how many get gifted? who's it to just some of the people no that's not what it says just just a handful to just the special ones Uh, to the elite those that have kind of established a standing to the really spiritual ones to the lord's faves each one corinthians was written to the church and so let's put it this way for you if you are a follower of jesus christ If you have invited Christ into your life to be Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And guess what? You've got at least one, and quite possibly more than one, and different mixtures of gifts within you. Gifts that you are to in turn use to give back to your Lord. It has little to do with you. God did it because He wanted to, because He loves each and every one of you. He sees the value, the worth that He has created in each one of you. And so, how many charismatics do we have here today? Oh, a couple hands. Hmm. We have some work to do, because every hand should be up in the air. And I know it's hard for you covenanters, and especially for you former Presbyterian covenanters, <clears throat> because when you were born, you had a birth defect. And that birth defect was that your elbows are riveted to your ribcage, and you can only do this. You know, that's about it. We don't know how to do this, you know, until those rivets are broken and we are freed and released to worship our God. We get a little nervous when we hear that word charismatic. But that's not all. In verse 7, why are the grace gifts given? Why? For the common good. For the common good. And it's important. That's so important that you grapple with that and get that concept that they are done not For me, my gifts are done for you and for this community of Sumner around us in which we reside and live. It's not to make us feel good. It's not to somehow we can get all kind of cocky and puffed up. You know, look at me and my gifts. (laughs) And it's not to give us something to brag about. uh And it's not to get all self-righteous about. And it's not to lord it over other people. It's for the common good. Whatever grace gifts I have that the Holy Spirit has given to me, the same Holy Spirit that has gifted you, they are to serve one another. They are to serve others. Whatever spiritual gifts you have, the Holy Spirit gave you to help your brothers and your sisters to nurture his church, to advance his mission, to share with others the good news, those who need to hear that they are loved by a great God. And they are loved personally and individually and uniquely by God, our Heavenly Father. And God wishes to gift them as well. That they are all precious to the Father, just like the prodigal son. And the Heavenly Father is ready with arms extended to run out and to welcome us back into relationship with him to those who need God's healing, those who need God's freeing touch, to those who need to know that they really do matter, that they really have value or worth, to be community, strengthening community, within and without the walls. And so I want to review for a second. How many have the grace gifts? To each one that's a believer in Jesus Christ. And why do we have these gifts? They are for the common good, for the benefit of all. And who are these gifts to? Well, to every single believer in Jesus Christ. Now, a problem enters in, a problem we call sin. Sin is basically falling short of what God intended as the purpose for our life. Sin is a break in relationship between us and our Heavenly Father, us and one another, or us and ourselves. And when you give a special gift to one of your children, what do the other children often do? Have you ever seen this happen? If you're an only child, it probably didn't happen unless you were a little schizophrenic. But the other children kind of look over at it. Mm Oh, oh. And then what do they do? They look at their gift. Then they start comparing gifts right okay that's the sin problem kind of creeping in there and they look at their own gift they compare it with the other gift then they start feeling like oh, my gift's better <laughs> or they think that's no fair they got a better gift and so this comparison things go on and that's what was happening in the Corinthian church And it must have been a mess because Paul spends more ink on this topic in 1 Corinthians than any of the other topics or questions or concerns they had. It was all messed up. So Paul in verse 11 says that all these gifts are from the one Holy Spirit. And that he, the Holy Spirit, gives just as he determined. In other words, there's a master plan of how our gifts will fit together. In verse 14, it says, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Is there one gift, or are there many? There are many. And many combinations of gifts. Who determines what gifts you are going to have? It's the... Paul uses a metaphor, an illustration, which he will refer to over and over again in his writings. We think that 1 Corinthians is one of his early writings. And it's our physical bodies. And we kind of all know, we're kind of attached to our physical bodies and kind of know about that. And so it's pretty easy to make the analogy uh, that Paul is trying to draw out for us. It's a little common, but in the, uh, in the church, we have kind of cloned this phrase, the body of Christ. We've cloned it from Paul's writings. And Paul invented this analogy, in fact, in this letter, uh, probably the first time he used this expression. And the main point is that our physical body and its various physical parts and individual parts, that every single part is important. Every part. Every part needs to do its part for our bodies to function as it was designed, as it was purposed by God. And so Paul, wanting to drive his illustration home, in verse 17 he asks, If the whole body were an eye, where'd the sense of hearing be? Or if the whole body were an ear, where'd the sense of smell be? And he goes on with that illustration there. And, and what's his point? <laughs> how ridiculous would it be if every one of us had the same gift and were all the same body part? How worthless, how wasted. Paul makes two main points. First of all, there are no inferiority complexes. If you read those verses from verse 17 down for a couple of verses, you'll see that the punchline is basically we can't self-deprecate, that each one of us is important and valuable. And just because you don't think much of the part of body that you may be, God says that you are important. God says you are necessary. God says you are Holy Spirit placed just where you need to be that you have worth, that you are essential. There are no unimportant parts in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit gave us the gifts and we have them for a purpose. And point number two, if you read verses 21 and following, there it says there are no superiority complexes. We aren't to put down others gifts either. We aren't to say, "Uh, I'm the pastor, you know, you're just the council chairperson, you know. In our polity, by the way, council chairperson outranks the pastor. Just to be perfectly clear. But we aren't supposed to be putting down other people's gifts that God has given to them, that that same Holy Spirit that gifted us has gifted them. And apparently some of the Corinthians were kind of flaunting their gifts, bragging, showing off. Neener, 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 <laughs> look at the gift I have. If only you were as good as me, you would have gotten a good one too. You see, that's the sin problem that enters into this whole dilemma. And as we go through and look at the spiritual gifts, I'm going to be doing a couple things. One, I'm going to point out God's intention and purpose for those gifts. But I'm also going to point out the dark side because the reality is any one of our gifts can be abused, can be under the influence of this sin problem and therefore misused for God rather than used for God. But have you ever known anyone like that that kind of feels... (laughs) They are so good... They are so spiritually minded that they are no earthly good. You know, that kind of person. Folks, it does not matter your role in the body of Christ. Each and every one of you is important. The persons who came in to put away the Christmas decorations a couple of weeks ago, important. The person cleaning the leaves out of the parking lot, or the entryways to our doors. Important. The person sprinkling a little bit of rock salt so you won't go ice skating before church. Important. Someone that operates the sound and the computer and the worship team that helps us to worship God at our best. Important. The person that changes banners. We have the dive banner out now, notifying us that on February the 8th, for us, every single part and gift of the body of Christ to gather on that Saturday and to use it to minister in our church and outside of our church. Visiting the sick, writing cards, visiting the shut-ins. You all matter. You all are necessary for the proper functioning of the body. And it is only when every part works together, doing its part, what he or she uniquely Was gifted to do in the body of Christ, then it functions as it should. I still remember Thanksgiving, my first Thanksgiving at this church, 2012. And I still remember Linda Randolph uh, hearing, overhearing in a meeting about the need in this community. And her first thought, I believe, Holy Spirit planted to call Pastor Mary. And Pastor Mary's first thought was, say yes. Didn't know how it was going to happen or how we were going to pull it off, but say yes, we'll take care of the need. And then a beehive of activity as she sends out the email Monday night and Tuesday morning, a bunch of you here putting food in bags and getting 116 bags ready to cover three elementary school's needs over the Thanksgiving weekend. And the floodgates that that has opened of opportunities for us to share good news through our lives and through our word. It's just powerful. And each of us is a part of that. So who's it to? It's to every member of the body of Christ for the common good, to accomplish the mission and the purpose of God. Next week, we're going to be looking at some of those specific gifts. But, I've called on a few volunteers to come, and if they come up at this time. And they have a puzzle here that they're going to figure out. So I want you to go ahead and just stand there and hold up your body part and mesh your body part with the other ones that are here. Here. Okay, how are we doing? Does it look like a body? Oh, there we go. Okay, let's raise the torso up a little bit so he is not split. split personality. There we go. Oh, Grace, what happened? Oh, well, here, I've got a body part for you, too. Go ahead and. It's a belly button. <coughs> Every single part of this body is important in order to make the body. If you would just kind of lay those down, maybe as a puzzle uh, down there on the platform, I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much for your help in illustrating that. But every single part of the body is important. It's essential to what we're doing in our ministry. And how God wants to work in and through each and every single one of us. The perfectionists are now really sorting that body out. body of Christ what a beautiful picture of a profound concept of how every single one of you and me is important to what God is doing I want to ask you in closing any clue to what your spiritual gift might be how many of you have some clue to what your spiritual gift might be okay good how many of you are sure what your gift is? Okay, some of you. How many have no clue? This is all kind of new and you're thinking, this church is weird. <clears throat> how, how many of you are in that boat? Okay, couple. Plan on coming for the next few weeks and we'll uncover more of this and maybe this church will not seem so weird to you. But if you know your gift The real question is, are you using them? Is the body of Christ benefiting? Is your gift being used for the common good? Is God making a difference through you in our world? We need all of you, every single one of you, to do what God has called us to do, I often say that I believe, and I believe this with all my heart, that God has given to our church every single gift we need to do what God wants us to do. Do you catch that? I think He's given us every single gift in this church to do what He wants us to do. If it's not happening, not doing, and we feel God wants us to do it, it may be because somebody is sitting on their gift and needs to share that with one another. Let's pray. God, stir in us your Holy Spirit to exercise the grace gifts that you have given to us for your purposes. And as we give our tithes and our offerings, may be, be a symbol, Lord, of our commitment to you, an expression of being sold out for you and desiring to use our gifts for your mission. We pray this in your name. Amen.